I'm so hungry. I've got. I've I got had all. so many, so so many peanut butters. Oh, so uh, I had all, all the, the peanut, peanut butters. butters. All the peanut butters in my in my tum tum. It's good. That's good. I um, I I've got a giant lump of roast pork loin in the fridge, which I'm going to get busy with oh, in, a, yeah. in an intimate way. Also, actually, we we should probably crack on with the recording because earlier today, some men built a scaffold outside my window. Don't know what for, and I'm worried they're going to come back and start hitting things again. Well, the scaffolders will be separate to the builders, so you probably got a day or two. Ah, that's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get some let's get some hot hot the, podcast. The going. Re- the real reason. The real mm-hmm. reason that we're on a time frame today, mm-hmm. I have had four pints of coffee and right. not been to the bathroom. Oh, do you want to do that now? No, nope, I want to make this tense. Because no, I'm worried you'll shit yourself on air. <laughs> In front of all these beautiful people. No, I'm not going to gonna, fine. You're going to let out an echoing terror shit. <laughs> Just the sound of a man become <laughs> hollow. That sound, listener, is Chris inverting... <laughs> He's he's undertaken a full body prolapse. <laughs> my insides. Are on my outside. Oh, sorry. It's probably sound more like. <laughs> Imagine it probably just sound like. Elephant. <laughs> you can't speak anymore. Your vocal cords are on the outside. They still work. They're still in enclosed space. There's no air coming through them. Oh, my lungs wouldn't work though, so I couldn't. Never mind. This so, is getting too in depth. I'm, I'm try- yeah, I guess the yeah. It's a bit a bit like a bagpipe. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hearty Dice Friends. My name is Grant Howitt. This reprobate over here is Christopher Taylor. And together, we're going to get up to all sorts of fun scrapes involving role-playing games. Hi, Jinx. Hi, Jinx. Possibly a low jink. Well, you know, any kind of jink. Yeah, we we, we are going to be continually moving back and forth, ruining the audio quality. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but on the plus side, we will be avo- avoiding any ground-to-air missiles. That's true, yeah. If there um, are any. Well, I'm si- seeing as we're on the ground, we should be fine. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm one story up. That's true. Does that, that count counts. as air? Yeah, okay. <laughs> For a missile, yep. Yeah, okay. So how, um, how uh, you know what, I don't, I'm sure the listeners don't give a shit about how, how you've been or how I've been. Uh, why on coffee... Here. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you are you are tripping if, if balls you, on if coffee. If if you've left all our blathering on before we did the intro, they will already know the coffee problems. Mm, well, let's um let's jump right to it because last week we had quite a um quite a scanty session as far as role playing advice went. <laughs> yeah, um, that is fair. And I worked that we worked out to play Sabutio with dogs. Yeah, you. But not really. Bang with that. I, really, I had a great time of it, and I'm I'm, set, I'm setting up a con to run it, <laughs> and by and by con I mean like like a false enterprise, <laughs> not a convention, a front, a front, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna ask you a hearty dice question, my hearty dice friend. Hearty dice me up. All right, mate. Captain Fancy, coming back in on their rocket ship, their hair tussling in the wind, their jewel cyber parrots squawking on the shoulder, relaying data information, says. Any advice on running games for only two players? So, your standard party, mm-hmm. that's going to be four players. Yeah. Four stout adventurers. Yeah. Going about Warrior, business. rogue, wizard, cleric. Yeah. Your job, really, is to make sure that all of those roles are filled mm. because the game assumes you've got them. That is fair. Um, so, if you're missing a cleric... You need some way of being able to patch the party up or some mechanism to be able to deal with it. I think you could definitely take Rogue and Cleric and cover most of your bases. Yeah, that's your easy way. Mm. Um, some games actually try try and build this in. So, for instance, Gumshoe gives you more points to spread across your statistics the less people you've got. Mm. The fewer players you have. We had we had a game of Gumshoe, and um, one of the mechanics in Gumshoe is that if if a player isn't isn't present, you have access to a certain number of pools, a certain number of points from their um, from their pools, which you can spend on on skills that they'd help with. And uh, it, during a particularly tense uh, situation where the players needed to fly a plane, one of them left the session so the other players could access the points. 
genius. Yeah, um, I think so. I think I, I think I've re- I've run a few games with two players, and I think it can be quite good fun. I think that one of the issues you you begin to suffer with is that three players means that you don't reach an impasse. You, like you have you have the you have a if you have two people taking part in a conversation, you have a third one to act as you know spice, as it were. A little um, little vinegar to, to the some, conversation. A little, a little bit of seasoning to your to your straightforward argument, um, back and forth, yeah. And also, like if 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 you split the party and there's two people can do something and one person go off, can go off and help and that sort of thing, and that kind of works. I think with two people, it can get quite stagnant quite quickly. Yeah, that is an issue. And so you have to rely on NPCs, and that way you have to have NPCs coming in to to do the thing. Um, one thing I would recommend in if, if if you if you put an NPC and this is actually this is this is some top notch Grant Howard advice for you for NPCs. This is actual role playing advice. I would recommend making as many NPCs as you can incompetent and subordinate to the players mm-hmm. because it's all too often a player all too often a problem is a a a, a, a an NPC an on player character rocks up and they're awesome and they can just do the thing and like if they're awesome. Why aren't they? Well, like, why are they relying on the players to do the thing? And I've I've run entire games where every single NPC was incompetent or lying or both, was completely out of their depth and was running an organization. And then the players are here, and it, it gives the players a chance to act and be useful. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like you shouldn't have your P- your NPCs be talented gods all the time anyway, no. because of the same reasons. It's it's really boring, and also like you've got infinite points to play with. You, it's it's not, it's not like you making a powerful thing isn't a challenge. It is for a player because they have rules to stick around it. Yeah. Yeah, you've got a framework. They've got they have a framework to stick to, and you just go, ah, uh, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah, I reckon. Uh, yeah. So, so I I think I think lots of NPCs um is 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 a good idea, and I think also uh, operating in terms of um, like NPCs which know the players in that way, um, and 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 also uh, g- giving your players um, the opportunity to have narrative, what's the word? Narrative control. So rather than like rather than writing the entire game beforehand, uh, if a player says, There's, uh, "Is there a thieves guild here?" Then you're like, "Yes, there is a thieves guild here," and you know one of the thieves. What's their names? Yeah. And that and that immediately like brings you it, it it brings the players I don't use a GM screen but it brings them a little bit behind the screen or at least adjacent to the screen, uh, in terms of in terms of positioning. But I think it can really help if you've got a small group to keep people engaged and keep people um, entertained without without having that group interplay. Yeah, and I mean one of the other things about us having a smaller group is that it is it is a more intimate session. Mm. Um, you're not sharing spotlight time as much. No, you're not. You're fifty-fifty with the other person, so it can actually be a more intense experience. You've got to mm. be, on, you know, um, on the ball a lot more and ready to contribute. I would also recommend having, uh, if if you only have two people in a party, have them related in some way, or have them connected in some way yeah, rather than say, oh, oh, there's just two guys. But if, but like, so I I ran a really lovely game for two players who decided that they would be a a young barbarian. Who had who had been sent to uh, who been sent to the city to learn the ways of the civilized folk and his grandma, who was who was an adventurer and like she like she'd hit level seventeen but now she was a level two rogue, and she rode around in a little papoose on his back, <laughs> and that was great because it was it was like her name was Granny I think it was like Throthgar and Granny, and they went and duffed up a druid um uh, he was he was he was bothering the city. But it was a really lovely interplay between the characters, and you and you you can have that like um you can have a really intense, as Chris was saying, a really intimate um, relationship between two characters, which would be excluding uh, other players in a larger group. Yeah, for sure. And, and you, so you can focus much more on the backstories and and the the characterizations because you've just got more time to do it. And front story as well, you know, which is yeah, like which yeah. is, I always prefer to backstory. I don't know, I think there's something to backstory with that kind of finding out where our characters come from. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I, I, I suppose that I think of it as front story in terms of I'm alluding to my backstory through my actions rather than writing a three, four page document. Yes, not that, but like, yeah. ah, I've been here once before. Mm. Sort of stuff. Yes. There's, okay, there's some actual advice. Shit, we just, we just gave some advice. Oh, 
Okay, it feels it feels kind of good. Ask me a question, Chris. All right, all right. I have a I have a, a follow up question from somebody else. Okay. Red sleeves asks group mm-hmm. size. What is the perfect number? Also, what's the biggest slash smallest group you've ever played with? Hmm. I think your biggest is twelve, isn't it? My biggest is twelve. Yeah. <laughs> unwieldy. Yeah. I think the yeah I think the first game of D and D I ever played back in the mists of time some yeah. twenty five years ago yeah terrifying was twelve Jesus. people that's too many because I didn't really understand D and D so I just yeah. figured well let's get everybody involved and why not and everyone turned up which is nice yeah. I think my biggest is six and I ran I didn't start running games until uni uh, so that was I, I assume some sort I mean like we've done live games and stuff with more people. Yeah, live games is a lot easier because you kind of just say some things to them and let them go. Mm. We did Nightmare Live. Yep, Nightmare Live was an astonishing piece of art. And then, and then, and then those motherfuckers stole it and did it much better than us. (laughs) Well, Nightmare Live. So, so Nightmare for the uninitiated was a was it was a kids' TV show in England which had uh, CGI dungeons which players would enter, but because they were because they were CGI or like they were they were. projected onto onto a green screen the players were in. Now because this was the 90s, um, to get around this fact, the players just wore a giant fucking helmet which blocked blocked them from seeing anything aside from their feet. So the adventurer couldn't see the fact that it was just green screen and then it was relayed to some other children in a different room who then guided this blind adventurer through through this mystical fantasy fantasy kingdom. I think in in the seven seasons only three teams won. Partly because it was incredibly long. It was like very dungeons, long. It was very arbitrary. Take you a good two hours to get through. Well, it would take you two hours to get through, and like you, you had a choice in the first room. It's like, do you want an apple, a mystical symbol, or this backpack? And you're like, oh well, I'll have this backpack. That'll be great. Can only have one thing. I'll get that. And then later on, it's like, ah, you needed the mystical symbol to get through the door, and now you're dead. Well, fuck you, Troy God. How was yeah. I supposed to know that? Good try, adventurers. Maybe your successes will be successful. No, what do you mean my successes? We've all we all took a day off school to come here. Why can't so that so was his we, own victory? We ran a live game version of that where we just taped a Viking helmet to a bid and put it on someone's head. Yeah, and then just they ran around in a uh, in in a, in a converted sports hall. And we made mazes out of tables so they hit their they hit their knees quite savagely. <laughs> Yeah, that was fun. Anyway, the point is, um, we we've run games for big players. We've run games for big players. <laughs> big massive players. Oh, such tall, big boys. Towering uh, well, well, actually, of actually, my smallest group of one is also my biggest player because it's Chris. Yes, hello. Chris is six foot eight. I'm a terrifying and, giant. Uh, you're you're a freak. And oh. I uh, I I think that actually the very first game I ran um, as an adult. Uh, and like as an adult, like that's skewing the terms of adult. As an eighteen-year-old, yeah, nineteen-year-old, uh, I ran a game of wushu for Chris, just him. And yeah, I seem to remember one player wushu. Uh, it kind of worked, honestly, and I think that only works because we're best friends. Yeah, I think doing it with anyone else that would have, I would have never been able to look them in the face ever again. <laughs> but like, you infiltrated a nightclub. You bought some bullets. I see. I seem to remember, like you, you had a revolver which had chain shots. So you had two bullets linked together. Yep. <laughs> it's, just like, it's adorable. I really like that. It was fun. It Wish, was. Wish fun. It was relentlessly fun. If you haven't played yeah. it, you really should. It will take you ten minutes to get. We should started. run it. We should run it in the next Hardy Dice Hangout. Actually, we should. Super. That'd easy. be fun. Rather than this bullshit game we've run. So we've got. Um, and I've, I've I've run single player games. I've I've run a single player game, for Chris. But honestly, I think unless it's your absolute busy mate, um, it's just uh, such an awkward and intimate uh, situation that if you don't shag immediately afterwards or before, it's not. It's not. It's just for me. It's really. It's really close. There's there's a great deal of vulnerability, and it's like, hey, we're just going to pretend to be elves for a while, but just together for each other. So we're not going to record it or anything. No, 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 no. No, just. Just for me and you, let's let's imagine what it would be like to be elves, and that's quite close to let's kiss each other on the mouth parts for me in terms of intimacy. The, the, the dwarf takes off his trousers. What? Wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm I'm role playing. The dwarf has a giant throbbing hammer. <laughs> I mean, what do you nuts. do? 
The dwarf has a giant, throbbing, uh, flaming hammer. Uh, what do you do? Get uncomfortable? Roll to get uncomfortable. Do you want me to roll for you? See if I can find my dice. <laughs> you don't need Hang your on. dice. Hang on. No, you don't feel uncomfortable. You like this. Damn! <laughs> no, no actually, you, 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 you know what? Sorry, I'm really sorry. Um, this like, that's, that's, that's not hugely a fun situation to be in. Like, the little joke we had there. <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually a really unpleasant thing, which happens commonly to a lot of roleplayers. In that, in that sex sex is, for want of a better word, forced upon them um, in characters. I know you're into this. It's like, oh, that's, that's awkward. But as I, like, we've spoken about before on this podcast. Yeah, as we have. And I think what I'd like to what I'd like to do is, um, Chris, I'm very sorry. I'd like to apologise on air. I'm very sorry that I had a... I, I, try, I tried to make you roleplay on air about Withered Dwarf and his, like, flaming cock, which is dangerous to start with. I thought it was just you a know? hammer. I was using the dwarven it was, slang. It was a penis. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, well, because you kept you, you, you kept saying you were uncomfortable, but like he took off his trousers and he just and he just had a flaming hammer under there. Yeah, I assumed he was going to war, like going to paint himself oh, in okay. wood. Oh, okay. But, so uh, he was. <laughs> oh. Oh man, we've really missed. We've um. Oh. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Yeah. So, due to misinterpretations such as that, it's it's always very awkward to do one-on-one role-playing, um, and I don't do it anymore. Uh, except yeah. on air with Chris to try and make him feel uncomfortable. Yep. Yeah, I feel bad about that. Uh, I'm I sorry. Think, I, th- I think, like. Do you forgive me? Never. I've never mm-hmm. forgiven you, given you for anything. Okay. Um. I think two people to five. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. T- between two and five is 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 the is the core. I like I I, I like three. Three is my favorite group size. Yeah. Because yeah, so that way, I, I can keep everyone entertained. I don't need to worry about people, about people getting bored. You've got a, you've got enough of a, uh, of a difference of opinions to get your um, get things moving forward. Just lovely. Three people. Yeah. The second you start going up, you lose spotlight time. You lose focus. Mm. And you get nothing done, especially if you have a combat. God help mm. you if you're doing OSR with six people. <laughs> I mean. It depends how OSR you're getting. If if you go all the way back to OSR where it has basically no rules, you're fine. Yeah, all right. You're running Hackmaster. Oh no, for five no. people. Running, I I I ran Dark Heresy for five people. You're running Slay for five people. Ugh, well, Slay is easier. There's, there's less maths to do in Slay. Mm, yeah, but it's still yeah. not quick. No, it's not quick. Actually, no. Yeah, because Slay had um had five rounds per round of combat. Yeah. And then, depending on what drugs you were taking, you could access round two A and four A. <laughs> yeah, old rule quest strike ranks. Ticks in Scion, yeah, where you work out that. every individual second of a combat. Now you're doing five people through that same system. Uh, no, it's just it's just. Or you bad. can play one of our games and have fun. <laughs> mate, mate, if people are listening to this podcast, they already like the games. Some of them do. That's true. Yeah, I, I, admittedly, I mean, everyone I likes Honey Heist. Yeah, everyone. Like, well, that's my game, not yours. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. When are you gonna When are you gonna start writing these uh, um, uh, uh, wonderful artistic one one page role playing games? Uh, well, I can't do it exactly like yours because I, they can't read my handwriting. Yeah, you do have the handwriting. The handwriting of a demented spider. I can't read. I can't read my handwriting. It's impossible. It's, yeah, it's, it's honestly it's kind of upsetting to look at pages you've made. Yeah, no, it's I like, it's... I have to draw pictures or type. <laughs> can you just can you have a role playing game which is just all pictures? We've done that. <laughs> what? We've played that. What is it? The I can't remember what it's called. It's essentially pictures. Oh, um, stick the stick RPG. Yeah, stick RPG. That's that was great. That's still got numbers and rules. No, I don't mean that. Just drawing pictures. I mean. Everything is a picture. All the rules are pictures. It's pictures of you rolling a 20 and then looking really happy and jumping for joy. <laughs> and then an orc exploding. The sort of role-playing game that we would we would craft onto gold and, and attach to a Voyager space probe. <laughs> or, which would probably be more marketable, make it into mm-hmm. a colouring book. They do like colouring books, don't they? Those people with money. Right. I have a colouring book next to me, actually. Is, is that what did you get a Star Wars one? I got a Star Wars adult coloring book. It is hang on, it has a fantastic I thought, title. I thought it is. I thought you didn't therapy. like Star Wars. Right, hang on. 
uh, art therapy, Star Wars, and an anti-stress coloring book. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in the market for an adult coloring book, and I don't mm-hmm. mean pornographic, because I look, <laughs> they don't make those. Um, I'm sure they do. Well, I couldn't find any. Okay. Um, not not, not in your Wars local your branch of the works. Unless you want some really eye-screwing mandalas. I do like the mandala idea, but I guess like you can't really get much flair in it because it has to match, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah it has to be it has to be symmetrical. Right, I've painted this bit blue. Now I've got to do that bit blue. Mm, that's fair. It's just 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 messing with me there, mandala. I think happy. I think there's there's definitely a market for um, porn coloring books. Yeah, I mean and a range of pens to go with it. I think I think what I'd like what I'd possibly like to do is focus on um, Brazilian carnival porn. Because they have a wide range of colourful outfits, that would be that would make more sense than just your standard Gennaro porn. Just standard Gennaro porn. What you're you looking need, at there is pink. You need maybe two colours of wow, racist much. I mean, Majority actually, actually, I think what you're doing porn. there. I think what you're doing there is underlining a an important um, uh, uh, crisis in the porn market. In the in the in that normal in inverted commas porn is considered to be white people having sex with each other. Yes. Um, and so I think you need at least two skin colors, uh, or like, well, at least one skin color, and then I guess whatever color. You'd have a couches. range of skin colors. Yeah. And that's largely it. I think I might, I might do all my porn people in metallic. Oh, go, go chrome. Like they're robots. Lawnmower, the lawnmower man, and polished, fucking. polished to a mirror sheen. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't quite tell what. I would also put them in a room with lots of bright lights and mirrors, so it, it's not entirely clear what's going on. But you're pretty I, sure it's my hot. My have been thrown out by mandalas and you're offering me an infinite <laughs> fractal world of sex. Like, like, a, like a kaleidoscope, but for fucking? <laughs> Forever spinning. It's <laughs> just balls deep in a kaleidoscope. <laughs> glitter everywhere. Oh, man. I hate glitter. I've never, I've, I've never, I've, I don't think I've ever been in the situation where I'm like, oh, great, glitter. No. That's never happened. Happen. I don't, Nobody I don't want it. I don't want it on people or me, no, or my craft projects. Awful. Should we do another question, or should we talk more about pornoscopes? Look, mate, teledildonics is going to come in. There's a market for it. I think if you if, if you can get like some sort of, I, I I know we were joking about fucking kaleidoscope, but if you could get like a, an infinitely um, mutational fractal flesh flashlight. I, well, if it's if it's infinitely fractal, like what happens when you you know, pop yourself inside. Mm-hmm. Like, is that just like sticking your dick through a portal? Your dick sharpens to an infinite point. I, I, I don't like it. No, it's fair. I understand why you wouldn't like it, but unfortunately, I this is the way that the bad. world is going, Chris. Well, this is the world. This is the world we live in now. Nothing we'll but fuckbots and fuck. nightmare teledildonics. <laughs> what? What is this? Non-Euclidean haptic feedback, sir. <laughs> It's going to vibrate your sensory array. My what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Didn't know I had one of those. You that do, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, ask me a question, then. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Tim. Hey, Tim. Tim mm-hmm. asks, Are there any RPGs that replicate the feeling of a Necromunder Gorkamorka Mordheim campaign with each player controlling a group of characters who evolve over time? I really like the cadence of Necromunder Gorkamorka. Necromunda Gorkamorka Mordheim. Like you don't need more time on the end there. More time Necromunda Gokamorka. Where you put more time at the front and that flows in nicely. I I love those Games Workshop specialist games as they're now called for that. Like um, we've had great fun playing Necromunda together, Chris mm-hmm. and I, um, and, and we've had really we've had a really shitty time playing Gokamorka together. Because the rules are bobbins. The rules are bobbins, and also we couldn't afford trucks, so we went to town and bought a single box of orcs and then hit up charity shops for things that for things we could use instead of trucks. So I, I think thought, I had I a boat know. on wheels. It was a Winnie the Pooh themed boat you had, yeah. I did, yeah. I think I think I actually had a truck that I built because I, I I had one in my best box. Um, but you just got a Winnie the Pooh truck, uh, sorry, pirate ship, and put wheels on it. Yep. Um, but it's it really shitty rules, and I'm really sorry, um, Andy Chambers. You seem like a nice guy, but Gorkamorka was just a shit sandwich as far as rules go. Yeah. Um, uh, Forty-five degree turning angles. Well, and and, and yeah. also the fact that anytime someone breathed on one of those trucks, all the boys fell off the back. 
and therefore died because they were. I just, I just want to talk. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lay down some theory here. They tried to emulate Mad Max, which is obviously what they were trying to do, right? But if you watch, say, for example, Mad Max Fury Road, which came a long time after. Um, Gorkamorka, but but the most recent iteration of Mad Max that I've in, that I've interacted with, when someone falls off, if they're a main character, the action focuses on them, and so they survive. And if they're if they're not a main character, they just die. And so mm-hmm. people falling off doesn't matter. Like it's still sort of oh, am I going to get to do the thing in time? But you know they fall off. That's fine. Um, in Gorkamorka, because no one's a main character, when your truck spins out of control and everyone fucking falls off it, what you then enter is a tedious admin phase where you get back in the car and drive off. If you survive, yeah. it's just really boring. It is ponderous. Um, I can't recommend it at all. But I really liked like more time was was a genius game, beautifully written, um, and I really like the progression that these that these groups got because a bit like uh, like XCOM, I guess is probably the best um, modern. Um, well, uh, like the XCOM Enemy Unknown is one of the best modern. Uh... I, I I feel I should put out a little shout for Mordheim City of the Damned, the PC version. It would be good for a second player to come along. I, like, in addition yes, to you, but it, I I love it dearly in play. Oh, do you? Okay, because we we had, we had a bash at it last year, but I never really took to it. Oh, it's so I'm good. Like, I might see if I can pick it back up again. So good. It's like I, I'm terrible. I'm terrible mm. at XCOM games. You know those ones we have to think. Mm. And this somehow captures my attention. Long well, you, you, what do you play, Sigmarites? To let me actually do chicks with it. hammers. So chicks with hammers. Jesus Christ, Grant. Nuns with hammers. <laughs> yes, I can essentially play sisters. Okay, so yeah. that, that, made, that made me happy. I I find that the the reliance on melee combat, which takes five rounds to to act out, makes for a rather stodgy game. Point is the the uh, the the way in which these games um, generate. Uh, what's the word? Uh, emergent story through progression is really beautiful because you end up with with, with miniatures like miniatures, it, it, like inanimate lumps of plastic, developing personalities because you have like you remember things I've done and like I remember the names of my fucking characters from over it was ten years ago, sorry twelve years ago we played Necromunda Chris, that's a fucking eye opener for you, um, and I remember the name of several of my characters from my Van Saga. I remember the name of the bar they ran. Well, yeah, because like, one, of the, one of the things you tend to do in games like Necromunda is if you write the names on the base of the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's lovely. Just because fact, they're I, that important. I've got one of your old Necromunda characters here sat on my desk in front of me with Molly written on her base. Yeah. Because I happen to be reconverting it for you at the moment. And I really like that attachment you get. However, how could we... Because I don't know of any RPGs that do this. And I'm trying to think no, of a way I mean, in which you could re- make it happen. There's replication of the feel of the setting. Mm. So the sort of gang, gang-based gang noir, the warriors. Yeah. Um, nastiness of Necromunda. The, I mean, Mad Max games are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Mordheim is, is ruined city skirmish. Mord- which Mordheim is, is D&D. In a, yeah. Can handle but nothing really goes with where you control a group of characters. So there's not your character and NPCs, mm. but your band of five people. Because I, th- I think that there's there's this kind of uh, I, I, again I think I think going back to that intimacy that idea um, when, when you're controlling one person, then, but then I think the stakes are much higher for experiencing that. Whereas if I'm a gang leader and I've got my mates with me, you like you you're you're, you're not you, you are not your gang leader. You are not everyone on your team you're having you're, you're, you're playing a miniatures game where you're seeing who's the best at the miniatures game and, and who has the best gang rather than being here to experience a story about these people getting fucked up yeah but i really i really liked it and it, i'm really fascinated with the idea of like what could we do what how, how could we adapt the necromunda rules to be a game in that way like to be a role-playing game because you could just use necromunda and just yeah just talk it through but the problem is well, that Necromunda has no um, ancillary systems for social. It is right. it is just a combat system, and it is like a combat you, you system could... reliant on relative positioning. Mm. Everything could, is measured you... in range. You could smudge it through, and I you guess. You can't just translate that to a narrative yeah. system that way. I mean, you could have, you you could smudge it through. Um. You could have like this as pistol range. This is this is rifle range because most of them have the same ranges, and then you adapt the rules to work from there. 
yeah. uh, it's not it's not a beautiful system Necromunda it's nice reason it doesn't really do the job super well in my opinion um, but even then but I the, think the key of the question is where you control a group of characters so mm. having a narrative game of five five each person controlling five players mm. it, that got to be taxing on the system yeah just because because you have to act you have to speak in character as these guys and like having that having the ability to stay like to stay in character but then like to, to, to go in I'm going to be my heavy I'm going to be my juve I'm going to be my ganger I'm going to be my leader yeah. that's just going to you're going to get a great deal of bleed between those characters yeah. I don't know and like, a nightmare like, if you try and do voices for each of them or <laughs> well, they're all they're all identical twins oh okay um, I'd like there's six identical twins so that's three groups of twins yeah. I, um, I I would love this to exist, but I fear it can't. I would love to have that sensation of characters or organically developing um, uh, through emergent play, but I think that because you have a GM, you lose that emergence. You lose that um, like you, you you have the hand of God in there, tweaking things and pulling things along. So it's not about oh like we nearly got out of this thing. Uh, like um, my my guys were surrounded, and then I managed to I managed to fight off. Um, everyone with just two guys with, with, with auto pistols and then they won and that was great because what you did there was play a game um, but if it's like the GM has set up a situation where actually it's going to seem like you're going you're gonna to be swarmed and overwhelmed but you're probably going to be fine it's a much less exciting situation yeah I think what, what you could do is hybridise it Go on. so you have you are the gang leader mm-hmm. that is your character right? and you, you have all of your gang with you so you apply all the social game stuff to the leader mm-hmm. and the fight stuff to everybody. Right. So when you are when you actually go into combat, you're probably mm-hmm. going to combat with your boys. Yeah. Um, and then use them in combat. But again, that, that, that leads itself only to a sort of a two-player game. I have, I have an idea. I, do. I have an idea. We hire at a church hall. We hire at a church hall. And this time I'm thinking... Cows. No, what what I'm thinking is right. You have um you have your so you don't use necromunda rules. You use Obviously. a um you use a proprietary system which we're writing, um and you'd have uh you have your your you honestly you could probably fucking run it in fate. You have your 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 main character who is who is your gang leader, and then for every other player around the table, you're you have a gang member, right? Okay. So everyone has as many character sheets as there are players. In the Okay. When when you're when you're playing your gang leader, and your gang leader's in this scene trying to take over whatever, then the other players switch to the switch to the gangers who are in your team, and so then, so then they play your heavy like, and your juve or whatever. Ah, uh, the superhero thing where they have demons in in your head. Uh, be- better angels. Better angels, where the person yeah. to your left is is the demon inside your brain, yeah. but the, everybody the is yeah. your your gang when dealing with that yeah so like I, I suppose like when there's a scene where you're playing your leader you would have alright boys come on let's sort this and then everyone goes and does that and then when it's someone else's turn to be the leader you then play the, the guy from their, from their crew that could be interesting I think it would take a fuck up a long time yeah and also I think you'll have that same problem as we had right in the beginning where each, char- yeah. each person has five character sheets and five characters it just yeah. happens to be that some of them aren't your characters so I think I it think, will get messy I think that's literally the only way you could do it as a role playing game is, yes. is, if, is if you spread the gang out amongst other players and then if you if you ever started fighting each other then I guess you divide the people in half and work it out from there <laughs> but, like I think like if you if you had an interesting enough way to abstract the gang out like when they weren't there so you can use the, you can use them as it were in, in mechanical terms we don't have to have them there in fictional terms I think you could do something fairly interesting with that, and I think yeah. I might try and write it. Good. Do it. Put it on one page. I th- oh, no, honestly, that, that's the plan. I think I'd probably put that as a one-page RPG. Yeah. Hmm. All right, cool. Thanks. Of course, Thanks, the, 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 opt- the optimum way of doing it would just be to all play members of one gang and just play a normal game. That's just a normal... But that, that's, not the, that's not the verve thereafter, I guess. Nope, but it would yeah. work. It would work, yeah. But, I mean, that's just a game just a we've just described. <laughs> Yes, that is exactly it. 
Ask me a question, Graham. Sam asks, this is going to be... Okay, so do you want... We've got two questions left this episode. Mm -hmm. Now, do you want to have more game design questions or more role-play? Actually, no, sorry. We've got... um, Yeah, sorry. uh, We've got three questions left. Do you want more game design or do you want more role-play? What do you want? Game design. Game design. I hate level draining in D&D, asks Goat Unit. I can't be the only one. What is your homebrew replacement? Uh, Just... Punching yourself in the genitals. Yeah, I I over tend and over. so instead of instead of level draining, what I do is I go into I, I I wait until the players out the room. I go into their phone, and then I change my number to to like the name attached to my number to be mum. Mm-hmm. And then I and then I text them and say I, I say oh my god your dad's dead. Yeah, or or I was I've I was always disappointed in you. Yeah, or like or like like I can't believe you've done this. Come home immediately. That's probably that's probably a bit, you know a bit better. Yeah. Um, that sort of thing because that's I think marginally kinder than level draining. Yeah, it's it's zero zero fun. It's like fucking rust monsters in a game about taking magical swords off people. They put in a monster that eats magical swords. To be fair, the rust monster is a patch. It's a it's a bug fix to a game. It's a bug fix. Um, it's because uh, 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 it looks like uh, a bug. You get uh, it. That's actually pretty clever. Yeah, thank you. Um, but what the, re- the entire reason that's in the game is because mm. a DM screwed up one time and gave right. them too many magic items. Well, we've all just been killing there. their way around. Mm-hmm. So they just went, hang on, what if there's a monster, right? right. And bear with me here. Right. That eats those magic items. Mm-hmm. So they can't win the fight and they lose the items. You're a genius, Kenneth. We'll make millions. They're just, they're just not fun. And that's, that's how the Ross monster was born. Yeah, they're terrible. I seem to remember in fourth ed, like they they shit out liquid magic, so that's okay. Yeah, you can get something back. Like you can kill it, and then you get liquid still, magic. Come on, wouldn't yeah. you rather have an orc? Mm, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess that there's there's, there's there's some there's some grist there if you're threatening the things that that, that make your players your like that make your characters your characters. If you're defining yourself by your magic items. And yeah. a lot of players get very accustomed to those, but like it's kind of it's kind of fucked because it's akin to a level drain. Because like if you're level five, balance wise, you're assumed to have certain magic items. And yeah, if there's even, a, there's even a chart in the Dungeon Master's guide little, of what sort of magic items you're supposed to have. Feathered antennae-looking motherfucker comes up and chows them down. You're ruined. You can't even fight your way back out. But ridiculously, you're then not powerful enough to kill something that's got magic items. Mm. It's so the equivalent of losing all your stuff in Diablo. And then having to go back and do some like really low level things just to get a basic weapon. Man, I wish I liked Diablo. I wish you did too. We could play it together. We could. It's just like rather than just me grinding it out just, every. It just fucking season. plateaus. It's 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 difficult, and then you get the weapon you need to fight the monsters, and then it's not at all difficult until it becomes difficult again. And this and like, yeah, like for me, there's great, not a sort of oh, am I going to do it? It's like I'm not doing this, or I've done it. There's no. Exciting middle ground for me in Diablo. It's 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 relentlessly exciting because every time you do something, the numbers get that bigger. That is true. I mean, have you considered getting one of those things they use on planes to count like how many people there are? Well, a calculator. A no, calculator. one of those clicker things. You know, you could just get one of those and look at it. No, no, that's not okay. how it works. I can't crit with that. You could do it really fast. <laughs> that's not critting. That's just yeah. attacking fast. That's an attack There's speed no upgrade, right? There is the, oh, no, yeah. I want multiplier. You could get a bad one. <laughs> <laughs> just click it and it spins for a random number that's yeah, a slot machine that's exciting. that is actually marginally more exciting I, yeah there's there's no yeah there's no I think like um, strength loss con loss is okay con loss is, is, is kind of more fun if you take, if you find that to be fun well it's retroactive hit point loss as well yeah which, is, which I mean con loss is actually very boring because you have to work out how many fewer hit points you have now <laughs> yes well, I've got seven hit dice. Yeah, it's and like, I just lost two con, which is a modifier of one change. You know, therefore what? I've lost seven hit points. You know what? My my, my homebrew replacement for level draining in D anD D is either I kill your sister or I kill the memories of your sister. Yeah, that's that's what I'm doing at that point. Like, it, I, if I want to take something from a player that matters, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick an NPC and fuck them over on that in that respect. But I mean, even then, you can just you can put on stuff that's narrative that has some in-game effect as well. Ongoing damage. So, for instance, you can't run. Yeah. Sorry? Ongoing damage. Like, you, you can't run now. Yeah. Like, you're, you're so um, 
de-energized. Enervated. Forgot the word for it. Enervated. Enervated. Thank you. I'm so tired. Um, I've, I've 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 lost the run ability I picked up at level six. Exactly. Well, no, you just can't hustle. You know, you can't yeah. use any anything that increases your speed. You can't charge. You can't okay. do any of that. And that that's that's more fun, I think, than just you lose a level. Oh right, so I'm that, that's 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 just a shitty rule. So I'm just kind of fucked then. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And especially if it hits multiple times on one party member out of a group. Because uh, that, that means I'm that level two. I'm level nine. Yeah. It's like well, you need a new character now. Like you might as well have died. Yeah, you might as well just straight killed that character. Yeah. Ridiculous. Rivent Summoner asks, this is from Reddit, Rivent Summoner asks, how to play as a fairy slash fey being? Pick an obsession. You see, Chris is Chris is approaching this from from a, from a ground up. I'm approaching this from a voice down point of view. I think it's, uh, it's, it's always very important when you're playing a fey to stand up straight, straight as you can, sit up straight. Put your hands in your lap, or perhaps just recline. Put your head on your chin as I'm doing now. And be as loose as you possibly can. Nothing matters. I think you, you play a different Fae to me. That's true. Um, fae have a very broad variety. But my favourite kind of Fae is um, so astonishingly high status they stop being negative. In yeah. the in the in that like so so like quite a common low status thing. So it's quite quite a common high status thing is to respond to challenges with aggressiveness. Or like to be like, I'm really nasty. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make you do this. Oh, I don't like you when you're doing this. And for like ultra high status characters, like I view all fairies and fae, or at least the you know the monarch fae, which I like, which I prefer to play. Everyone just does everything they ask, and so it's fantastic. Why why on earth would anyone be upset with anything they were asking? Because they because they have they have the best idea, and so you you wind up with this sort of this sort of bulletproof confidence, which is great until it's shattered. But the players really have to work to do that. Go mm. on about your obsession idea. So I, like I don't like playing those sorts of phase, and I never have. Um, for instance, playing games like Changeling and mm. stuff like that. I like the not trickster spirit, but the kind of the more bizarre fay. Mm. Um, for instance, when we were playing Changeling, I played one that was uh, Winter Court uh, Spider Blooded. You, you were all Court, I think, wouldn't you, mate? I, the, whichever ones deal with fear. That's awesome. Winter is sorrow. Oh dear. Mm. Um, but but what you do is you pick an obsession and focus on it to the exclusion of all others. Mm. So, for instance, if your character is a magpie type character, maybe mm. they just love shiny things, or maybe you like rocks with holes in them, mm. or hubcaps, or fingers. I will say or actually, anything. That's really good advice for any character, and it suits very well for Faye because they don't have to worry about eating and sleeping and that sort of thing. Yeah, but also crucially with Faye, you can like you can be having a conversation with somebody, and let's say that you picked your obsession is fingers, not like collecting. You really want to but see you, those fingers. You just like fingers. You just picked this obsession because mm-hmm. when you're in your part of the Faye lands, people don't have fingers; they're just they just exist, and things move towards them, and okay. you know it's. It's completely different. They have kind of like anime nubs. Um, yeah, whatever. You know? Um, and so when, when somebody's talking, you're watching their hand move. That's fun. Rather than watching them. Yeah. Um, and like you have great respect for somebody who punches you because they <laughs> run the risk of damaging their fingers. Oh, delicious. Go, no, no, yeah, but it's like somebody punches you, you go, wow, you did that. That's amazing. Oh Are you okay? Again. You know? So you've yeah. got something so alien mm. that, I, I quite that, like that the idea humans it, don't understand it. I like the idea of that being a cloven-footed fairy, like a, like, like, like a deer person, yeah. but like they've just got hooves and a, and a yeah. kind of a humanoid form. And like, uh, so that's, that's yeah, just just choose a thing to be obsessed with. The idea of um of of, of picking one thing a character is obsessed with for an NPC is incredibly smart because often in role-playing games you've got about ten seconds to, for anyone to give a shit about your character. Yeah. And so you need to like you need to you need to play it hard. Like you can't really afford to build up slow and have that have that slow build of character. And oh, maybe I'll be aloof for a while. So you can't really afford to do that because your players are going to get bored. Like if you're an incredible actor or your players are incredibly forgiving, maybe you can do that. But it's it's far better in my experience and f- from both sides of the table is to go at it hard and be like, I like fingers. My name is Mister Fingers. I have I'm like I don't collect fingers, but um, 
I oh, sorry. You know what? That was wrong. I wouldn't call the deer person Mr. Fingers. But um, but to have too obvious. But to have them just stare intently at your fingers and perhaps ask you a question, like oh, what, what's what's that ring for? That sort of thing. Yeah. It why really, have you painted? Really, why why have you painted your fingers? Why have you painted the ends of them? Is this a warning? Just like completely not understanding the concept of of yeah. nail varnish. Yeah. That's kind like, of why, fun. why have you done that? And not not like you know why have you painted your fingers? Yeah. Like oh sort of no, is... no I, I I want to know why have you painted yeah. your fingers? Explain it to me. Explain everything about that process. Does it help? I need to know. I need to tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, and just get like. If they don't, then you can start to go aggressive, like mm. just because they have. Why are you hiding you the secrets of your hands polish. from me? Yeah. You Do can... they give you power? Is that what keeps you alive? You can't be trusted with your hands, can you? Yeah, and you can do a lot of crazy things that a normal. Um, I was trying to think of a word that just means not mental. Um, neurotypical. Neurotypical. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, human being just yeah. wouldn't wouldn't have I don't think I know any neurotypicals you know neither do I no but there's like even, yeah but like I don't mind describing myself as being mad but it's rude to call someone else mad yes I have not specifically said this person is mad yes for sure I but like... yeah there's a book that describes mental abnormalities mm. like the DSM thing and if you're on the list, then you're not neurotypical. Yes, you're neuro. And that means that literally, yeah, it means that literally everybody Sorry, on Earth is, is, neurodiverse. Not, is, is not neurotypical. Neurodiverse, I believe is the case. <laughs> neurodiverse. Yeah, every single person on Earth is neurodiverse. The, the other thing that I, I wanna I wanna give this is just this is just like like a loose role playing suggestion actually, um, but it really works, and I'm surprised I don't see it more often. But all too often, the idea of playing a character is like you're tied to the character. You do what the character would do, and and and, and carry on playing. And that's kind of the be all and end all of, of role playing advice that we receive. And I think that we can do a lot more, but we can approach this from from the point of view of a craft, as it were. And I think that one of the things which people don't do very often, and it's really exciting when it happens, is as an NPC, you pick one stance at the start of the scene, and then you change that by the end. Yeah. So if you're really happy. By the end of the scene, you're aiming to become sad. If you're really competent, well, I, I you're would, aiming to become I would become argue really that what unsure. you're aiming to become is not happy. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like, like, by doing that, you give an NPC an arc, and you don't have to do it with like with player characters because they like by necessity they hang around for longer than a scene. But if you have one person who walks in and is like, "All right, I've been charged," blah, 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 and then just crumbles when they're not in charge. That's much more interesting than having one person who comes in and doesn't change when the players talk to them. Yeah, because because changing is interesting. I mean that that kind of flows from have your have your NPCs be incompetent. Yeah, for sure. Because you can have them believe they're not incompetent, mm. and then have that taken from them, and again you've got mm. that arc. Yeah, and that arc that arc is quite tricky, and like it doesn't it doesn't naturally flow out of a lot of role-playing systems aside from Lady Blackbird, which is pretty much one of the best one-shot systems ever written. And I'm really angry I didn't write it. Yeah. Well, next time you'll know. Yeah, next time I'll write Wait, it. On. <laughs> mm. One last question, I think, Christopher. It is the last question. Uh, which one is it? It's from Sam. It Sam. There we are. I can Read it I, aloud. I can see it. I've had an idea to use fingers as the chance resolution mechanic in an RPG. Each player involved in a conflict simultaneously throws out one to four fingers. Results are interpreted somehow. What theme would work best here? Puppeteers? Handymen? First off, good pun on handymen. That's saw it. I think, I think, call, I mean, yeah, calling yourself the handymen who are an organisation. Um, so I think that, um, I mean, I'm glad that Sam's given us enough of an interpretation, uh, enough of a wide berth in this game design challenge by saying results are interpreted somehow. Which, which is actually how I write most of the most of our books. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just let you handle that. I I like the idea that maybe we're dealing with how many fingers can I put in my mouth? Right. Four. Um, four. Maybe more. Well, hang on. Can I do? Can I do eight? Give me a second. Okay. Cool. Oh. Okay. Okay. How many fingers can you get in your uh-huh. mouth? I can do. I can do eight fingers. Okay. How about this challenge? How many fingers can you get in, in another player's? Mm, no, no, that's not fun. Probably I eight. People, I, I don't want to put my own. I mean, you're quite strong. I don't want to put my own fingers in my mouth, let alone someone else put my their fingers in there. 
well, that's cool. But like, I just, I, I have a cat, so I, I fuss my cat a lot, and then I don't like put my hand directly in my mouth. Understandable. After I touch my cat. Blech. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give him a little kiss on the head. That's cool. <laughs> you don't put I'll his head in the mouth. You know, I get it. But, yeah. No, he doesn't like it. So what I'm thinking here is because it's what theme would work best here. I'm thinking mm-hmm. marketing executives. Every Keep single going. one of them, one of those slick-haired douchebag marketing executives who do the wink and the gun. Like 80s marketing executive. Yeah. So they okay. always play one as their number of fingers because they're going and winking and gunning. Um, I, 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 I have a double. Uh, actually, no, you know what? For, for finger guns for the 80s, that's one finger. But like, if I'm pretending I have a gun, two fingers. That's true, finger. actually, yeah, because then when you cock it, you do the... And you put and you push your thumb back, and it looks like a flintlock, which is strange. Back. Well, well, like, unfortunately, we don't have fingers which perfectly replicate guns. How our society would be different if we did? No <laughs> wars. More often. <laughs> Look out! He's got a hand. We wouldn't call it a gun. We call it a hand. Anyway, um, I what would you call a handgun? Um, artillery, because you shift you shift the scale okay. down. Yeah, that makes sense. I understand. Thank you. Um, I like the idea of shadow puppets as a mechanic. Yeah, that would be good. Maybe it's Digimon. Not, not like puppeteers, but like actually. Uh, sure. I don't. I don't know a great deal about Digimon. Well, you see, like Digimon. You, Chris. Uh, digital champions. The, 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 yeah, the digital monsters. The Digimon are the champions, right? That's the ones. Yes. Yes, that's 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 the full extent of my knowledge. Good. Okay. So, all right, it's Pokemon, but rad. Mm-hmm. Pokemon is kind of rad. It, yes, but I like Digimon more. What do you mean, more. like rad? Yeah, there we go. Okay, right. Okay. That's, that that pronunciation of rad is is how rad Digimon are. Tubular. But what you do is you get a is you get a spotlight. Okay. And you shine it on a wall. Mm-hmm. And combat resolution is oh. who can make the most dangerous looking animal with shadow puppets. That's and then they fight. And whoever makes and essentially it's it's just judged by the other players like whoever made the scariest looking monster. Mm. I mean, that's a party game. I mean, it's a, it's a party game. I'm interested in that. Like, who can make the scariest monster is kind of interesting. But I kind of like, I like the idea of like, there's lots of different shapes you can make with your hands, right? So, I mean, obviously, rock paper scissors is the is the is the obvious resolution for this one. Because mm-hmm. um, there's there's you throw out some fingers and then you you you, re- you reinterpret the result somehow. But it's been done and it's not hugely exciting. I like the idea of having of having finger guns. I like the idea of shadow monsters. Perhaps you're... Hmm. What are the handymen? Are the handymen dark fae who summon through beings, summon beings of shadow? Yes. We are the handymen. The handymen. Oh, like the Judderman. So, like the Judderman. Um, beware the Judderman, my dear, when the moon is full, I believe was the line. Hmm. So, so you take you take the idea. So I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just steer away from your marketing executive idea. No, no, it's fine. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna jink to the left. Um, you play you play the shadow man, or the handyman, the handyman, um, who who can who can summon beings of shadow through into the in in, in, in into the natural world, and it's your job to scare people, like in Monsters Inc. Yes. So, it becomes charades. This is no longer a role-playing game. Yeah. All right, all right. How about this? How about this? Can I finish my idea? No. Yeah, of course. Please. Um, basically, you do charades, but you, your team of three people has, has to use, use shadow puppets to, to make something, and the other team has to guess what it is. That's rad. Actually. But it's not an RPG. But carry on. No. Okay, so what you get... Mm-hmm. Is you all play teenagers? Okay, easy enough. Sort of high American high school. Um, age oh range. my god, my dad took my vape away. I'm, I'm getting that, yeah, but yeah. let's go nineties, just uh, because. Oh my god, my dad took my, my Walkman away. There we go. Yeah, have you seen um, Sandy down now? What you bleachers? need? This does involve props. Gee whiz! Is I you should, have? Should I drop out of character for a bit, or is that is that going to get irritating? Please, please, okay, please, okay. God, please. Um, you have a slightly larger Ouija board. Okay. Everybody's got a finger on it. Right. Right? 
Are we talking like Twister? The large? resolution mechanic. No, no, just slightly larger. Okay. Just like two inches larger on the side. <laughs> right, okay. Bear with me because you need more space. Right, I'm hearing, yeah, I'm hearing. If you want to take control of the scene, you put another finger on it. So you've now got two fingers on it. You can take control of the scene two more times because you've got two more fingers. That's when all four fingers are all four fingers are on the um, the planchette, you can't do, you can't take control anymore, and the DM can. So, so it so it becomes a bidding war. Yeah, yeah, it's a bidding war. It's like how much you want your message from the other side to come through, That's and the G, all the GM does is play doesn't like adjudicate because the players do that themselves with the amount of fingers they're willing to bid. Okay, how about this, right? How about this? It takes place. Um, the, the the resolution mechanic is you sliding the the, the, the Ouija board. Sorry, the, the planchette around the Ouija board, right? Mm-hmm. But the game, what what happens? Like at the start of the night, you all sat around at midnight. And you're like, oh, 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 hey, Sandy, you do you want to do you want to do a Ouija board? Oh, I don't know, Johnny, I'm scared. Um, That's definitely a fifties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Uh, hey, Sandy, do you want to? Sorry, not Sandy and Johnny. Um, no. Hey, Trent, do you want to? Do you want to do a Ouija board and and take crack cocaine is that, is that is that 90s enough for you is that yeah is that, okay cool yeah, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know what just, 90s just, kids know, cr- in America crack is a really big problem so well yeah but it was in, like, it was popular in the 90s wasn't it it was it was big in the 90s yeah okay like like, like Jamariquai hey hey <laughs> hey <laughs> Chad do you want to do a Ouija board and listen to Jamariquai's new album there you go right. there you are Jamariquai's second album um you do that but the idea is that at midnight you all played this game, and it, it delivered it delivered terrifying prophecies of the rest of the night, right? So the the events the events of this horror story game happen when you cl- it starts when you close the Ouija board. It's like ah, this is bullshit. Whatever, I don't care about this. None of this is going to come true. And then when you go through, you flash back to what the Ouija board said. Good. And it's like oh, it's all coming true, and it all does come true. But you go back in time. To when the Ouija board said the thing, and then play with, and then play the finger bidding war. No, and then play the finger bidding war, and then oh, that's actually quite good fun. That could yeah. work. One page I, RPG. Copyright. Um, well, that's true. I'd, I'd need to include a Ouija board on there. It's pronounced Ouija, isn't it? Not Ouija board. Yes, yeah, I, I keep pronouncing it wrong. It's Ouija, not Luigi. The Ouija board. I mean, he was he was big on the ghosts. Uh, yes, but he got rid of them. I assume, therefore, Waluigi didn't? Waluigi... It's a Waluigi board. Waluigi is a portal for ghosts to enter the world. Yes, he is a gaping moor of spirits. (laughs) He yawns and it smells like old fish and the dead. (laughs) (laughs) Whenever he opens his mouth, graveyard dirt just pours. (laughs) (laughs) An utter silence. silence. Welcome free you. I would rather like he didn't he didn't talk and just had like the soft sound of dirt hitting the floor. <laughs> and a faint distant sort of uh, uh, noise. Uh, poor also, Luigi. I apologize for anybody's ears I managed to ruin with that. No, I think I think like we, we always fuck up the levels. I still don't know what levels are. And I edit this show, so yeah. I think I think I think people are people are expecting it. That's fine. <laughs> Just one of those podcasts you listen to with your hand on the volume control. <laughs> Just, just like listen. To it. Just like hover your uh, hold, hold on to the um, onto the earbuds in case we scream. And you can yeah, just at all times, just walk, walk into work, but gripping the earbuds tight. If you hear me do a big breathe in, get ready. That's all I'm saying. That's that's probably a good advice, which we should have done at the start of the show. Might want to pop one in later. Yeah. Okay, Chris. Let's let's end this. Let's end this charade. With Waluigi's graveyard dirt eyes staring at you. He's he's outside every window. How is that possible? And I can see three windows from here. He's in the reflection in my bathwater. <laughs> he Creepy. speaks with my Don't. mother's voice and tells only the truth. <laughs> but every sixth thing is a lie. But they still hurt. <laughs> I like if you just said things your mum says. <laughs> yeah, they Chris raw milk. Yeah, that's true. Well. You know, my, <laughs> my mum loves me, so it's okay. Yeah, it's fair. Your mum loves me. Right then. Hmm? I think that's us. 
All right, sure. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, I, I want to extend a, a hearty dice thank you to our patrons, our patrons, the people who give us money every single episode we release this. We're at 25 bucks, which is astonishing. Thank you so much for that. Uh, we're going to buy some pop screens, I think, pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we sound better. And that's thanks to you. Um, we've got a little community rising up around Hearty Dice Friends as well, which is just really lovely. And I'm really Isn't chuffed it? about that. It's, it's really nice. Like, um, what one of our listeners sent us a picture of him with a llama, which is really nice. Yeah, it looked like a top day. Oh, brilliant. Um, and even if you don't back us on, on Patreon, um, we love you. We want we do to you. hold you real close, real tight, and you can just feel our heartbeats against yours. We're both holding you in this situation. And we're pushing our bodies into yours, and you can feel our heartbeats, and we're just going to gently tussle your hair and tell you that everything's going to be okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, hey, shh, shh, shh. It's okay. It's okay. We know that you've been working really hard lately and things are difficult, but I want you to know that every Monday, every Monday morning, we'll be here to gently hold on to you, maybe creep you out a little bit if you're not into dudes. And also, I'm sorry about the screeching. But it was yeah. worth it. Yeah, we, we're sorry about the screeching, but we, we would do it again and we will do it again. Every time. Bye. Bye. Bye.